You're listening to the Cairn 10 podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Cairn University in just 10 minutes. Well, in today's podcast, we discuss biblical education with two individuals who know it very well, both having experienced this kind of education themselves and now being part of its delivery at Cairn University. Dr. Jonathan Master is Dean of the School of Divinity, and Dr. James Dalzow is Assistant Professor, who additionally was recently recognized as Faculty Member of the Year. Congratulations, James. Thanks. Yeah. In addition to their teaching, speaking, writing, publishing, and much more, these guests host their own podcast together called Theology on the Go, and I'd encourage you to check out their podcast as well, which is a very helpful and regular resource where they interview a variety of distinguished guests in pursuit of a better understanding of theology. Well, we'll likely record today in two Karen 10 segments, so please do listen all the way through both episodes for an opportunity to win a free copy of each of our guests' books. James and John, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Perhaps the best way maybe to frame out our discussion today is to say that we are in pursuit of an answer to a question. And the question is this, and worded this way, why is a biblical education valuable and even essential? And the good news is, if you're listening to this, we have two people who are very passionately dedicated to this issue and very articulate spokesmen for it. So let me open it up to whoever wants to go first. I don't know on your podcast how you normally decide if it's a short straw. Usually I just issue. talk over James <laughs> or point and I, to him. And I lie there and yeah, get exactly. walked. No, it's, um, I think in terms of its being essential, uh, this is really nothing, which is a good question. Um, this isn't necessarily something that has to take place inside the confines of formal education like a university or a seminary. Uh, growing in the knowledge of our God and Savior Jesus Christ and growing in the knowledge of God, this is a fundamental prayer of Paul for all Christians so that there is a biblical commendation and encouragement to seek the knowledge of God, to grow in it and to abound in it and to take every thought captive to the glory of Christ who rules over all. So in that respect, Biblical education and Christian education ought to sort of loom over the totality of our life, all arts, all disciplines, not simply in the university, but everywhere. This is just a place where we have tried to sort of formalize it, put it into classrooms and into semesters and really give some order to this, but really as a general command to all Christians. Yeah, and I would I, I agree with that entirely. I mean, it, it doesn't have to take the exact shape it takes here, although I think there's a lot of value in the way it takes shape here. But that's right. We're commanded as Christians to have our, our thoughts conform to the thoughts of the Word of God. And, and in, a, in a sense, I would also say we can't actually study something and understand it fully without putting it in the context of who God is and what he's revealed about himself. So, so there's a sense in which it's, it's kind of essential to, to correct education. There's a favorite text I have that uh, I, I go to repeatedly when I teach uh, the triune God here, and it's this uh, statement of Paul in Romans eleven thirty six, where he says, from him and through him and to him are all things, to God be the glory forever. Uh, if that is, if we believe that, that all things are from him, through him, and to him, then the entirety of what exists and what is known and what we can investigate and what we can explore, there's a sense in which not only does it derive its being from God, it continues to possess its being from God, and its ultimate horizon in terms of what it's all about, so to speak, whether that's you know, physics or literature or uh, more arts like fine arts or music, or whether it's something more theoretical like uh, like 
uh, science or even theology in some respects, the aboutness of all things is Godward. But if we don't know God and if we don't know him as he's made himself known to us, it's hard to say what anything is really about in that ultimate and most meaningful horizon of its existence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first I should point out when two theologians join a podcast, noted a correction to my one question there. We're replacing the word essential with beneficial. So it's critical. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make that adjustment on the first one there. Oh, no. Actually, uh, I think it is essential to us in terms of our our health. Yeah, a knowledge of the Bible, a knowledge of God's Word is essential. Biblical education and the way we talk about it here. Okay, that's good. That's very reassuring. Thank you. We're very affirming. (laughs) If nothing else. You'll feel good after an interview with us. Exactly. So then maybe that brings us to the next question, which has to do with the uniqueness of that, perhaps. Um, What what does a biblical education look like then as opposed to, say, a mostly secular education or even an education at a Christian liberal arts college or university? And keep in mind, too, that we direct this podcast primarily at alumni— a lot of whom uh, are in our stage of life where our, our own children are thinking about what college or university to attend. So th- mm. I think this is a question that's very apropos to the mind of anybody who's thinking ahead and, and thinking about where they, they ought to place their uh, young men and women. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I are already having this discussion with our own daughter. And uh, so I can identify with that. Yeah. I mean, I think w- the hard part about the question <laughs> So we're here picking apart your questions again. Yes. I mean, the hard yeah. part is this, that, you know, those those are sort of broad brushstrokes. Liberal arts, uh, Christian liberal arts colleges are not all the same. And even secular universities are not all the same. I think what we try to do, to put it in a positive way, is this. We, we would say two things. One, that... that uh, Bible and theology are at the core of what we do here. In other words, we have a core curriculum at Cairn University. The core curriculum is not um, centered around the liberal arts, although although it contains study of the liberal arts. The, the core curriculum here has always been centered around Bible and theology. It doesn't mean everyone has to be a Bible major. We're not all Bible majors. Uh, although that was true at one time, but what it means is the core curriculum still has this substantial component of Bible and theology. And then in addition to that, I would say, and this is a little harder to put put your finger on, but in addition to that, we uh, demand and and shoot for biblical integration in all our classes. That happens at the hiring level when we're looking at professors to bring here. That happens at the level of developing syllabi. That happens at the level of assessing what's just happened. So that's not just true in divinity classes. That's true uh, among all all the disciplines and among all the schools and departments at Cairns. So I think those are two things that I could point to that are concrete differences from those other approaches. One, the core curriculum itself, which has a substantial uh, amount of Bible and theology, and then the level of integration that we're going to uh, demand of ourselves uh, within the context of the of the classroom no matter what subject we're studying. And so that infuses the air in a different way. Students from uh, business cl- uh, for, who are majoring in business will bring those questions to their Bible classes, and they'll bring biblical and theological questions to their business classes. So in other words, it just kind of infuses the air because it's very transparently at the center of, of what we're doing. 
And I think sometimes a misconception of biblical education is that it is sort of naive and so otherworldly that it doesn't actually engage with, like you, you call predominantly secular education, that not being a secular education means that we have no engagement with the ideas of secular writers and that kind of thing. And that's, that's in fact, not what it is to be biblical. To be biblical is not to go out of the world, but it is to be, it is to be uh, well-versed in doctrine as we meaningfully and thoughtfully engage the world in ideas, whether those are, like I said, the School of Liberal Arts and Sciences where you're doing literature or you're doing hard science, or whether that's business or whether that's uh, social work or whether that's music. Anticipating your question about secular knowledge as opposed to Christian or biblical, I did indulge myself with a little statement from, from John Calvin's Institutes, mm-hmm. where Calvin actually commends what is worthy and worthwhile uh, and even admirable in what he calls the secular writers, a, a, little, a little snippet from Calvin. Whenever we come upon these matters in secular writers, let that admirable light of truth shining in them teach us that the mind of men, though fallen and perverted from its wholeness, is nevertheless clothed and ornamented with God's excellent gifts. He says, if we regard the Spirit of God as the sole fountain of truth, we shall never reject the truth itself, nor despise it wherever it shall appear, unless we wish to dishonor the Spirit of God. And then he goes on to talk about philosophers and scientists and rhetoricians and all this. And his point is, a biblical education is actually a framework in which we can best appreciate and even appropriate in so much as it is true what is there even in the secular intelligentsia the writers and the scientists and what have you, so that we don't want to think of biblical as, um, again, so otherworldly that it does not see and admire and appropriate the truth in this world. But as Jonathan was saying, you're not going to be able to do that and to admire that light that is in them if you do not have that framework of redemption and of theology helping us understand who God is, what he's about, how his glory shines forth in all things. Well, that's a great place to end this first segment for our podcast with Jonathan and James, with John Calvin. In the next segment, (laughs) we're going to move on to something much more personal about these two gentlemen and their experiences and what they gleaned and why they were so deeply impacted by a biblical education in their lives. So please make sure you tune in for the next episode, and we'll see you then.